0: Today is super exciting because we have a baptism, our very first baptism in the new wineskin. Amen? So, uh, you know what? We don't teach on baptism a lot here, which is not necessarily a good thing, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. Baptism is good, and I just want to pull up um, a scripture. Go ahead and get it up, Colossians 2, 11 and 12. In the the second chapter of Acts, Paul says... You know, the Holy Spirit comes down, and Paul preaches this amazing sermon. And when he's done preaching this amazing sermon, the people go, "Ah, What are we supposed to do now? That was so convicting. And you know what he says? He says, Repent and be baptized. So why would Paul tell them to be baptized if it wasn't important? It's an essential, a foundation of the faith. And we sometimes forget that because we're busy talking about other things. But this is a foundation of our faith, a baptism, water baptism. If, if Paul said you had to do it and they did, Jesus had to do it, hey, we should do it out of strict obedience. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 says, When you came to Christ... You were circumcised, but not by, but by a physical procedure. See, in the, the Moses, under the Moses law, all young boys had to be circumcised. I'm not going to go into that, but you know why they did it? For hygiene and sensitivity. Okay? That's why they did it. But we live under a new law. We don't have to be circumcised, but the Lord, the Bible says we need to be circumcised in our heart. It says, but. Not by a physical procedure, but you need to be circumcised. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. That's what it symbolizes. When you go under the water, that old Joey is the one who is getting baptized. You know what? The old Joey is died under that water. And the new Joey's coming out. And with him, you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. That's our spiritual circumcision. That's an outward ordinance. That's the pattern. I'm not gonna it's it's just the pattern. You get saved and you get baptized. Now you say, Oh, oh we're not gonna get into all this. Are you saved if you don't get baptized? Well, you do have the thief on the cross. He did not have the time to come down and get baptized. You have people on their deathbed. They don't have time to come and get baptized. But you know what? If you can and you don't, that's disobedience. And you will never walk a victorious Christian life if you can't do the first act of obedience. Okay, now maybe you're stepping on some toes this morning. But listen, it's, it's, it says, me, I'm going to humble myself and get wet for the Lord. And when I go down, there is a spiritual act. It is a supernatural spiritual act. When you get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that dead person that you've already been saved, that you're saying, I'm gonna publicly show people this old person, the old Kim, the old Joey, is no longer alive. And he wrote, and I'm raised together with Jesus, just like he did on the cross. So with that, we're gonna try some new things today. And I'm gonna turn you over to our gym correspondent, Pastor Eugene.
1: <laughs> it's wonderful to join you today. Hold on, Joey, just a second. Before we climb up there, we're going to talk to our folks oh. out there watching this. This is a new thing, and I just welcome you and, and, and appreciate your attention here for just a minute. This is an amazing opportunity that we have uh, to, to baptize Joey this morning. And, uh, Joey, you heard what Pastor uh, Kim said uh, on the TV just now. Um, you, you have a firm understanding of what you're doing, don't you? Uh, yes, sir. Awesome. Well, we're going to get uh, let Joey have a moment to visit with you all just a minute as we when we get in the water. But this is Joey Dimmitt, and uh, it is our privilege and our pleasure to join with him. And you know what? As as observers and as watchers of this event, uh, church, it is our responsibility to come alongside Joey and support him and encourage him in his walk with the Lord. And so this event, while uh, it is something personal between Joey and the Lord, it is also an opportunity for us as a church family to observe it, to celebrate it, and also to commit ourselves to being uh Brothers and sisters with Joey as he walks out, uh, learning to allow the Lord to become his Lord in every, every of his life. So I'm going to uh, help Joey into the water now, and so just bear with us a second, and we will get this done. Back just a, just a little bit more there you go just sit down just sit, sit down and relax there you go so, Joey this is an awesome awesome opportunity is there anything that you would like to say just, just tell our church family tell, uh, explain to them um, a little bit about your walk and your experience and how you came to know Jesus can you do that just for a second you can say as much as you want to or as little as you want to let's just speak into the mic no? okay Joey doesn't want to say anything uh, He understands. He heard what uh, Pastor Kim said. And uh, we're going to baptize Joey now uh, in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. I think that's it. Maybe. There we go. (laughs) So, what'd you think about that? That's pretty cool, huh? So, Joey is a new person. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. So, good. Look at that. Look at the time. I've got lots of time. I was going to tell you to listen fast because I've got a lot to say, but I think I've got a lot of time. You know, we've been in... Number one, we came out of a series called Avoiding Ditches. You guys remember that one? Speaking of which, you need to come to church all the time. (laughs) Because if you're just getting bits and pieces, you're really missing something really good. So it kind of flows. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit does that. It flows together. So if you're missing something... That you need to have this is a, a good way to have FOMO. Okay. You're miss the fear of missing out. You are missing out if you're not coming or listening to every sermon because they a lot of times they just flow and God's got something for you every time. But we came out of a series called Avoiding Ditches. You know, for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. Okay? You've always get people on the ditch on this side and get people on the ditch on this side. And I'm really, really going to try to avoid some Christian language today. So if you don't understand what I'm talking about, I'm just going to speak real plain. Okay. These are the crazy Pentecostal ladies that all, everything's. Ah! And then there's, there's, uh, there's, here's the ditch over here. You all know those that it's just like, okay. Is everybody following me? But we also started a new series called The War We Don't Know We're In. And last week, Pastor Margaret talked about taking up, um, putting on the armor of God, because we're in a war. And if you're in a war, you need some armor for protection. But, uh, you know, on today, I'm going to go probably places that not very many people go, because this is victory center. This is where you should come. This is our, our, the vision of this church is for people to come in, be able to dust off all those things of the week, and learn how to walk victorious throughout the week. Amen? We don't want to be just another fraternity. We need some power in our lives, and that's what this church is going to do. So the first thing is you've got to realize there is... A spiritual realm. It's called the supernatural. We got our natural realm, the things we can see, we can taste with our five senses. We have a natural realm. If you can touch your seat, that's natural. You can feel it. But there is a supernatural realm that I think that we as a church have just kind of like closed our eyes. I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be that weird church. You go to that church. They're kind of weird. They believe in the supernatural. We live in times, we live in a time that not just church people believe in the supernatural, there's people out there that have religions based on the supernatural. There are real life witches and wizards, there are mediums, there are people that deal in the supernatural. Whether you think it's funny or not, there are real live ghostbusters that travel around looking for the supernatural. Because I even on Facebook this week, a new shop in Gaiman has opened right along with the Jesus candles. They've got crystals. I mean, they're, they've got all the paraphernalia that you need to de- delve into the spiritual realm. There is a spiritual realm. Now, I grew up in the church I grew up in the 70s, and let me tell you, that was quite an error of the church. I mean, we, if you were in youth group, we were talking about backward masking. You know, don't listen to this, because if you play it backwards, there's a subliminal message, and it's all demonic. And we had these chick tracks. Did you guys ever read a chick track? Not chick, like, babe. But Chick, like that was the name of it. Does anybody know what a Chick track is? I should have brought some. They're they're like crazy. You read those things and you're like, okay, I'm not messing around with that. We had comic books that weren't really comic books. they very graphic. Uh, what do you call them? Graphic novels? Is that what people call them now? Uh, that talked about the supernatural. So I remember hearing a message when I was young from a a former witch that said even she would not play with a Ouija board because it was guaranteed to conjure up a demon. So, I mean, hey, there there is a spiritual realm and you can either bury your head in the sand and say, no, 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 I don't believe in that, I don't believe in that, I don't believe in that, and you know what you're going to do? You're going to walk a defeated Christian life. Because you're gonna walk a Christian life in the natural, and a, a natural, a Christian walking a Christian life in the natural is what we call a carnal Christian. That means carnal, let me define that to, for you. That means when you look at them, you can't tell any difference. They're not walking victorious, they act just like everybody else during the, during the week, but on Sunday, you know that they go to church. We call those people. Saved and going to heaven, but don't have a clue. So, did you know that you can be saved, going to heaven, and not have a clue? I mean, you can accept Jesus as your Savior. You can believe that He did live and He died on the cross and He paid for your sins with His blood, and you can say, Yes, that's me. I want that. And you can be saved and go into heaven and don't have a clue. And be what you call a carnal Christian. Those are the people that are in a war and they don't wanna know that they're in a war because all they want is to just walk around and say, just don't say anything weird. I'm not one of those people. We're living in a time that everybody's coming out of the closet, so guess what? I'm coming out and I'm saying, hey, I'm not, I am, I'm getting it. Pastor Charlie used to say, I'm getting that spirited chicken off of me, and I'm going to put that boldness on in Jesus' name, and I'm going to declare this morning some things that need to be broken in our lives. No more am I going to say, oh, you know, we've walked around so often trying not to offend everybody, and I'm not, and I am not coming down on just loving because we need to love people. But you know what? We need to love people enough to tell them the truth to get them free. That's right. Saying, hey, you've got a demonic spirit attacking you right now. And you can either be ashamed that I said that. Oh my goodness, did she just say demon? Yes, there are demons and they are trying to stop you from being victorious. You are at war whether you know it or not. I remember years ago seeing an interview. Now, I promise you, if I'm not going to step on your toes today, you're probably sleeping. <clears throat> years ago, Stephen King, I, I heard him in an interview. And he, in that interview, he, um, he was telling that lady that when he writes, he listens to this I'm not even going to call it music because it's hard, it's this hard rock that's just like noise, that atrocious sounds coming out of it. And he would say, it's like I'm not even writing, the pen writes itself. Let me tell you something, if Stephen King can tap into the demonic to write his novels and then you go read those things, you've opened the door to that. Okay, I'm not going to get legalistic and tell you you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do that. But I am telling you, just like it's the time of year for the flies to come in, we got to figure out some things and get some doors closed. Amen? So, point <clears throat> part point one, we are at war with an unseen enemy. So, I do have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of scriptures But I'm not going to get to them all. So that's why, please, if you want to study this further, go get the scriptures on the welcome page. But I am going to turn to Ephesians 6, 12. Let's go ahead and read that. It says, for we are not. Now, this is the Bible. Do you guys believe the Bible? It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. That's where we miss it. Because we like to use our sword. I'm going to go ahead and get my sword. Thanks, for, thanks to Sean. This is my sword today. We like to use our sword. We sometimes think we're at battle against people. This is our real sword. This is a symbolic sword. We think we're, we're battling against people because guess what? People are, you know what? They're sometimes hard to get along with. But we're not in a battle against people. We're in a battle against those demonic spirits that are behind the people okay? We're not, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. There is a world out there that we can't even see against the mighty powers in this dark world, against the evil spirits in heavenly places. We are at war. And you know what? If Jesus said in his word, In Hebrews, he talks about that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Malachi, he talks about that he's the God. He does not change. If we serve a God that does not change, guess what? We have an enemy that is not capable of changing too. He's the same. His strategies are the same. And guess what? He's been defeated. He has absolutely been defeated. You hear about. All those demonic things that are happening, and we all think about, what do we all think about? Africa. Don't we all think about the things in Africa? I used to just love to sit at the table, because Pastor Charlie, in his early years, and mom, would um, go to Africa on a mission trip with Meshach Amendi. Mom mentioned him last Sunday. And he would they would come back with stories that, were quite literally unbelievable about a woman who is demon-possessed and slithered like a snake. Or a witch doctor uh, trying to offer up a bird as a sacrifice to mom. I mean, those things are prevalent in Africa. And we think, well, we don't have that here in the United States. No, we don't, you know why? Because we medicate them. I looked it up. There's over now. Okay, there's a ditch. All right. So I I am not saying that there's not such a thing as mental disorders. There really is. But when you categorize over two hundred disorders, uh, multiple personality disorder, that sounds a lot like the guy who had a legion of demons inside of him that had different personalities. You have schizophrenia, which people, let me tell you something, there is demonic movements behind that, but we just medicate him. We medicate him in the United States. So don't think for a second just because, you know what, you read the Gospels, you cannot read the Gospels without Jesus always casting out the devil. I mean, that was part of his ministry. Everywhere he went, what did he do? Heal the sick and he cast out devils. If Jesus did it in his time, we need to do it in our time. It's time for us to take up our sword and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to heal the sick and cast out the devils. Because it's time for people to be set free and to walk in victory. Amen? Okay. So that doesn't mean that say, Kim, you're talking about things that make me afraid. You know, this is October. And, um, of course, I haven't talked to any current policemen, but they, I remember growing up that we had a policeman that went to our church and basically said, Friday the 13th and Halloween is one of their dreaded holidays because you would not believe the things that they see. It's because those things are actually holidays in the demonic realm, that they will do all kinds of things. And there really is sacrifices going on. So I am not here to tell you so that you're scared. I'm here to tell you we have victory and authority over these things. And why in the world are we letting them still control our lives? Let's start recognizing them for what it is. So first of all, you've got to identify. Okay, so there's two things. It's either going to be your flesh or there's a demonic influence. And those are the only two things. And when I say flesh, it's like your mind, your will, and emotions are behind it. So so when I say flesh, that's what I mean. So let's say a person, maybe a teenager, has a really hard time getting out of bed. Any you know, of you guys have a hard time getting out of bed? This, this person has a hard time getting out of bed every single day, no matter what, if it's for school or for work or for whatever. Okay, is that a demon? Probably not. They just need, they need to discipline. You know, the, the late Jack Hayford said, you cannot cast out the flesh and you can't discipline a demon. But let's say someone can get out of bed all the time. All the time for work, a game, to exercise. But the second you go to church, they cannot get out of bed. Let me tell you something, you're dealing with a demon. That's not the flesh. So recognize it. Am I dealing with demonic or am I dealing with my flesh and I just need and I just need to be disciplined? Ask the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell you. Uh, You can't sleep. Well, did you drink a lot of coffee at six o'clock at night? I mean, that may be it. But if you put on scripture and the second you put it on, you go to sleep, because the, the enemy does not want you listening to scripture, you might be dealing with a demon. Or anxiety grips you at night because your mind is racing. Let me tell you something. We need to give it to the Lord. Start praying in the Spirit. That's what it's there for. You, we have. I am no longer going to be tiptoeing around people's feelings about the Holy Spirit. We're in a time that we cannot. We just cannot live. We cannot live with the, without the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's so plain in the Bible, he never meant for us to walk a victorious Christian life without it. So when you're laying at bed at night and those thoughts are hammering you and hammering you and hammering you and you don't know what to do, you pray in the Holy Spirit. That's what it's there for. He says, when you don't know how to pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. I will give you groanings that cannot be uttered that you don't even know when you don't know how to pray. Pray in the Holy Spirit. So, find out if it's the flesh or if it's a demon. If it's the flesh, your mind will and emotions, discipline, get disciplined. Guess what? The coolest thing is, is the Holy Spirit will even help you be disciplined. You may have grown up not having any discipline at all, But if you cry out to the Lord and ask you to help you be disciplined, he absolutely will help you. Isn't that the coolest thing? He not only tells you what choice to make, but he says, okay, I'm going to help you do it. You don't have to do it on your own. We were never meant to live this supernatural life in the natural. And guess what? If you find out it's not the flesh and it's a demon, let's deal with it. And I'm going to tell you how to deal with it today. So the next thing you got to figure out is it in or is it out? Because it's super simple. If it's in, we're going to cast it out. And if it's out, we're going to resist it. That's what the Bible says to do. <clears throat> so we're going to figure out where the doors. So if, the, if there is something you're like, wow, this is, this is a uh... number one, the demons that are probably right now are trying to get you not to listen to me. If there's an abnormal hate for me right now, That's probably a demonic spirit getting you irritated at the preacher because he doesn't want you to listen to what I'm gonna say. That woman's crazy. What are you doing? She's a woman preacher. What are you even listening to her for? If you've got those thoughts going around in your mind right now, you take authority over them right now in the name of Jesus. Because I am a woman, I identify as a woman. And guess what? I have the gifts that God's put inside of me, and I am totally submitted to my husband. He is my covering. Amen? So I am up here legally. Just want you to know. Eugene says, jump. I say, how high? Okay? I'm submitted to my husband. I'm here legally. Okay. So we're going to figure out where the doors are open. Because if you say, oh, yeah, I am totally dealing with a demon in my life. You can absolutely be saved. You know what? You can even be filled with the spirit, and you can have a demonic problem. It's just like I was listening to a podcast this week, and it's just like a mayor of a city, a big city. You may have a a black population, a Chinese population, all these different kind of groups within these huge cities. Well, this city may have elected this mayor, but he may only have control of certain parts. Hey, you can ask God to be your savior and he cannot be Lord of every situation in every part of your life. You can say, nope. It's just like a room in your house. You've got, you know, I have an old house built in the 70s. Guess what all the 70s houses have? A useless room. It's called the useless room because it used to be, I don't know, what do they call it? A sitting room. Because when you invited people into your house, you know, back when you used to invite people to your house, we don't do that anymore. <clears throat> there was this one room you kept nice so that people could go and sit in it and talk, okay? But there's always this one room, mine's the office that gets piles and piles and piles and piles of stuff because when you don't know what to do with something, there's one or two places that go in my house, the garage and my office. So when I have the cleaning lady come and clean my house, the office is off limits because quite frankly, I don't have enough money for her to clean that. Uh, or the garage. I just want her to clean the things that people can see. That's the way we are as Christians. We say, okay, Lord, yes, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, but I really need you only to deal with my money. You know, clean that up so I can have finances, and I want you to maybe deal with my kids and my husband. But these areas in my life are off limits. Okay, he's absolutely my Lord and Savior, But have you made him, I mean, he's my savior, but have you made him Lord of every single area of your life? And quite frankly, that is called sanctification, which is a process. So that means as the Lord reveals to you, hey, this is something that you've been controlling and you've been keeping from me, I'm ready for you to give it to me, then that's when you give it to him. So, wow, I don't know where that came from, but... I think we we're talking about figuring out where the doors are open. In other words, where is Jesus not Lord of your life? Um, anything that you're dealing with the occult. The occult is a spiritual without the Lord. The occult practices. If you're dealing with horoscopes, that's the occult. Sorry. And no, I'm, I'm stepping on people's toes. The, the horoscope, you know why? It's an idol. Why would you go to a horoscope to find out your future when God says, I want to do that. I got your future and it's written right here. Come to me every morning and I will help you. So if you're going to something other than God, that that is quite honestly demonic because you're going to another spirit. Like I said earlier, Ouija boards. Um, What do you call those? Tarot cards. Anything. That's demonic. Um, Those demonic stories, demonic music, um, games. I don't even know all the video games out there. But if the Lord, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you when you're playing that, you need to stop. Because I I can't keep track of all the stuff that the devil has out there. Um, so anything that is going to glorify the demonic, you say, oh, I just do it for funsies. Well, have you ever heard of counting the tiger's teeth? I just did it for fun. Well, there's danger in it. There is danger and you open the door. You open the door and you're like, but I didn't want the door to be open. Well, then stop doing it. Repent. You know, it's super easy. You just repent as the Lord shows you something that you've opened the door, you repent and you ask the Lord to forgive you. And you say, Okay, devil, that door's closed. You can't, you cannot come in that door anymore. Um, some of you have generational curses. If there's any, you know what? That John 10:10 10, 10 says, the devil comes only but for two. That means the only reason he comes. The only reason he comes is to kill and to steal and to destroy. You know, the devil has actually been defeated. Jesus defeated him on the cross. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He's been defeated. He can do nothing to the Lord. He's been defeated. But you know what he can do? He can hurt the people the Lord loves. And he loves you. And he wants you to walk in victory. But the enemy hates you so bad. He wants to kill. It's always kill, steal, and destroy. You can have, you can open the door for demonic when you start believing those lies of the devil about yourself. He always brings your friend, his friends, the the demonic the self-pity, depression, suicide, they all come together all the time. Because guess what? It's always to kill. Guess what? Unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, murder. It always ends in death because that's what his goal is. Those spirits always run together. Always, and always, the more you yield to them, will always, always, always end in death because that's his goal. Steal, kill, and destroy all the time. So, if you have a generational curse, you say you may have sexual sins in your family that you did not know about. And you're like, I can't get, I cannot shake it. It's those sins that you cannot shake. Or you're, um, you're just like, alcohol runs in my family. This sexual sin runs in my family. These things run in my family. Car wrecks run in my family. The second you realize that it is, and guess what? Worry is a generational curse. And I'm, I'm pointing over here. Because my mom's mom is what we kids called a worry wart. A worry wart. Mom wasn't as bad. But I remember in the old church, I probably only had one kid at the time, which was CE. And we lived out on the ranch. And all of a sudden, now I'm a grown up and I have kids. And guess what tried to come on me? Worry all the time. I mean, we live where rattlesnakes are. We, I mean, you can just imagine rattlesnakes and then, see, as you dwell on this, the more you you picture things. And we live an hour from anywhere. So I'm thinking, and I just, it was eating me up. And I remember Pastor Charlie had a sermon on generational curses. And I remember where I was standing on the altar call, and I, he said, why are you up here? And I said, there's a generational curse of worry, and it's not going in, and I want it broken. And it was, right then. Now, I have a choice to let it come back every now and then, but I have, that's where the resisting comes in. So there may be generational curses, generational curses of worry, generational curses of car wreck. I, um, all my... My first three boys, all three of them had a pickup wreck. All three of them. And I remember when Justin, number four, started driving, I looked at him and I said, Justin, this curse of car wrecks is ending with you in the name of Jesus. And we prayed, and he has never had a car wreck. I mean, I'm talking death car wrecks because everyone, like, see, he rolled his pickup, came out without a scratch, But it was always meant to kill, always. But I was done with that, (laughs) amen? Uh, Zach rolled his pickup. Zeke rolled Grandpa Charlie's pickup. It was uh, a supernatural deliverance in every one of those cases. But uh, even though I believed God can absolutely supernaturally deliver all the rest of them, I'm like, I'm done. We're not doing this anymore, This curse of rolling your trucks or cars or whatever car wrecks is through in the name of Jesus. We're not going to deal with this. He cannot have that in your life. We lived out by Kenton for years, 20 years, and I remember there is an area, there is area spirits, believe it or not. There was Campo, Pritchett, that area, and a place just outside of Boy City that teenage kids would get killed all the time. All the time in a car wreck, and I was like, man, if I had a kid that lived in that area, I'd be pleading the blood of Jesus over them every time and breaking that curse, so there are spirits that absolutely, but guess what, that's what the way, that is his MO, he wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy, let's recognize it instead of hiding behind it and say, oh, you think that there's a demon behind everything, no, but I'm not, I'm getting out of the ditch that doesn't, and I'm saying, hey, we're at war, and we're going to deal with this. Because I have authority the second I ask Jesus to come into my heart and to to be my savior, I have authority over the devil. But we've been letting our swords stay down and letting him defeat us. So get rid of it. Get rid of the generational curses. Any demonic things, uh, occultish things, get out of it. Okay, this is the biggest one. And you're not going to like it. Because I don't know if you guys have seen the Little Mermaid. Uh, you know the Little Mermaid when they try, they use, I don't even remember, Titan? Whatever it was, he's trying to release the king and he can't because she holds Ursula, the bad person, holds up the legal document and he can't go through it. Okay, if you open the door to the devil, he has a legal right to be there. So you got to shut the door or he's going to keep harassing you. And if you keep, this is just, he's like one of those bad neighbors. You give him an inch, they take a mile. You leave that door open, he's going to swing it open. You leave it open this much, he's going to burst it open. He wants in. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your kids' life. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy you. But this is the biggest one where he gets us when we walk out of love. And I don't know how many times I've said it this week, the past two weeks. I choose love. I choose love. I choose love. I thank you, Lord, that the the love of Jesus is shed abroad in my heart. I choose love. You know what? The fruit of the Spirit is actually supernatural It is a supernatural event, and we're trying to walk this Christian life in our natural and trying to just use discipline to say, I love these people. No, I don't love these people at all, but I'm going to dwell on letting the Holy Spirit come out of me, and I'm going to love these people. So you know what? Once I do that, boom, the door's shut. He doesn't have a legal right in my life anymore. If you've been standing for your healing, and you know all that stuff, and you haven't been healed, you better check your love walk. Because if you have unforgiveness, and you're not walking in love, and if you want to know what walking in love is, that's kind of a Christian term, you read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And that means you're patient, and you're kind, and you believe the best of every person, and all those things that we just really, really don't like to do, because I'm a mama, and I really like to straighten people out. And that gifting kind of flows up on everybody else that I'm around instead of just my kids. I want to straighten you out. Because if you just did what I said, you'd be all right. But you know what? I have to check my motivation. Because I really like to straighten people out. But I have to say, am I doing this because I enjoy it? Or is it because I love them? Okay? So get that door closed. Get it closed. And you know what? I do want to read Luke 4. I'm gonna to turn to it in my Bible. I call this an anointing of the Messiah. Luke, it's in Isaiah 2, but I like to read it out of Luke. Luke 4, 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives. Listen, if you're under demonic influence, you're captive to proclaim captives be released and that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be free. Listen, it's time, church. You cannot go and set anybody else free if you're under bondage. It's time for you to take up your sword, get free so you can go set other people free. There's people in your workplace. There's people... At your home, there's people on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday that need your God's kingdom to walk into their lives and say, hey, you can be free from that. You can be free. Let me tell you something. This morning, right now, today, you can be free. The anointing of this Messiah is here to set you free. Right now. If you've got something that has enslaved you, that is tormenting you, that is compulsory. That means you can't figure, you don't want to do it. I looked up that thing, compulsive. Guess what? It said, it's like something you do that you can't control. You don't want to do it, but you do it anyway. Does that sound demonic? Absolutely. If you want to drink yourself to death, that's demonic. And that is a demon of alcohol. Oh no, we're good church people. We don't drink. Guess what we do? We go to the cake. You don't want to eat that whole cake. Let's ask yourself, Lord, is this something that I need to cast out, or do I just need you to help me be disciplined? Because absolutely it can be a demonic thing. Do you want to be free this morning? So I'm asking you right now, go ahead, Nate, come. I'm asking you, has the Holy Spirit showed you a door that you need to shut? You know how you shut it? Repent. Repent. Plead the blood of Jesus over it. Those demons cannot cross that bloodline. If you've got one, generational curses, you repent and plead the blood of Jesus over it right now, this morning. So if you want free, come to the front right now because we got Our prayer warriors here, those demons have to come out. They have to quit bothering us. They will not keep you in bondage. You will walk victorious in Jesus' name today. On October the 15th of 2023, you were set free. Now, I didn't go into how you resist the devil, but James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That does not mean that once you're free, they're not going to come back and try to get you. But it does mean you have the word of God. Say, no, in the name of Jesus. I'm set free from this curse in my life, and it will not control me anymore. I'm set free from this demonic oppression in the name of Jesus, and it will not control me anymore. This anxiety in my life will not control me anymore. We are set free this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
1: It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.